Well, what's up, folks? It is episode 113, and we are Championship Sunday. It is here. Along with Championship Sunday, for a lot of people who believe that TB12 was done, well, we'll get into that as well because there have been phone calls both from TB12 and his dad, both stating that it was not true that he had retired. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Championship Sunday, once again, the Bengals take on the Chiefs. Then we got the Rams taking on the Niners. The Rams have owned the Niners, but we'll see if that ends up changing today. So a lot to get into. A great multitude of guests that we have here today. This should be a fun show within the next hour here. We thank everyone for tuning in, whether you're from the West Coast to the East Coast overseas. We appreciate everyone coming on with us today. So we'll get into a lot of NFL talk as Championship Sunday once again is here. We plan to have a lot of fun with the entire guests. I'll bring them all here on the on the other side as we finally get to see blue skies around here in Tampa where it's been gray, cold, and ridiculous. And we woke up to some 32 degrees down here in Florida, which is extremely, extremely rare. But with that being said, let's get Championship episode underway. I'm Angel, and this is Broccoli South. Not necessarily coming from the frozen tundra, but he might be coming from the frozen city of Philadelphia. It is my co-host, the godfather, Mike Fuji. Fuji, what's happening? What's going on? The frozen tundra of Philadelphia Championship Sunday is here. We got an action-packed show for everybody, all four teams. Let's get down to business. Hopefully, it'll be... A fabulous football Sunday like it was with all the dramatics last week. How are you, Angel? It's freezing up here in Philly. Yeah, well, as I just stated, we have woken up to 32 degrees down here, which is beyond rare. So I'm looking at the studio window, and it's the first time yesterday, actually, the first time we've had two days in a row of absolute blue skies down here. And I know it doesn't compare to being back home in Philly, but the weather feels like being back home because yesterday we had 36 mile an hour winds and it was ridiculously cold down here. And I rarely ever, if anything, say that, but Hey, it, it, it is what it is. It's the winter time. The good thing is by the end of the week, we'll be back up in the eighties and that's a great uh, thing. We'll be up. We'll be in the fifties by Wednesday, Thursday. So you figure, you know, that Canadian air coming down here and then, you know, mild temperatures, which you don't know what, how to dress up here. You know, well, it's because it's been absolute crazy weather, but it's all right, though. It, it can be worse. I will say that much, but you were spared the massive snowfall, unlike New England, where they end up getting hammered. So thankfully for the Philly market and Philly area, Jersey Shore got hammered, but I know uh, up in New England got to be a lot worse. So we'll find out by our guest here, the plethora of guests that we have today, how bad it is in the area. On top of that, along with obviously here, game day Sunday. So to bring in. First of all, number one from over on Steel City Renegades on with us this past week. He is back. It's Chipper Nanandall. Chipper, how are you, sir? Guys, how the hell are you? Good. Good. How are you doing? Thanks for coming back on. Angel, no offense, but you know, you waking up to 32 degrees. I can't I can't <laughs> help but not cry for you since I woke up to five degrees this morning, man. Well, listen, like it's, it, it's, it's unusual for down here. I haven't had this kind of cold weather being back home, but it's okay, though. I'll take it. It's not bad, so I'll take it. So if, if I cry a little bit, it's okay. It's not so a you big actually deal. had to wake up and put on long pants, huh? 
No, I still got the shorts on. <laughs> and then that'll never happen. <laughs> but it's all right, though. <laughs> and to add, also, from the Steel City Renegades, we have Dave Walnchek, the one they love to hate. Man, how about that one? You broke that one differently, huh? Can you hear me there, Dave? I did. Can you oh, guys I hear me? Sure can. Good. How you doing, Dave? What is up? How's everybody doing today in this fine Sunday evening here in Northeast Ohio? I know it's cold. What's up, Chipper? How you doing? Fuji, what's up? Angel, what's up? Yeah. Um, this cold, is but, but let's get down to football, baby. Right. Oh, yeah. You got many more Sundays like this. Sure Absolutely. don't. Let's, Absolutely let's, not. Let's savor it. Let's savor it and enjoy the taste of it. Yeah. And then to add also to the mix for the Steel State Renegades, a producer, executive producer, by the way, for Steel State Renegades, it's Lee Mike Fujian Money. What's up, Lee? How are you? <laughs> What's up? I guess I'll be Mike Fujian Money for one more Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Just Stay to the Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So come Super Bowl, everybody will be back here again. And in to, in to introduce, sorry, some more fellas here. I will bring, let me bring up before. Let me come over here to this side because there's many screens here to work. You're going to run out of screen space here shortly. I know. I, it, listen, it's just it's the way it works, unfortunately. Well, that's but, the beauty of StreamYard. You can have up to nine guests at a time. Exactly. So, so we're just making a big... Ten. Well, yeah, it is 10 oh, and you got two in the standby yeah. window, but it's okay, though. Either way, it's a, it's a big party. So, But... Hailing from the Rams Showcase, Sheriff Joe Bags. You guys can follow him just like we do here on the show at Sheriff Joe Bags on Twitter. And with that being said, it is the man himself, the Sheriff. Joe, how are you? I'm feeling absolutely incredible. The Rams are still playing right now. This beats the crap out of knowing where we'd be picking in the top 10 like we used to experience. So I'm just happy to be here. It's a beautiful day for some football. That it definitely is. Welcome, think, so this is one Sunday where we can't shoot the sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. But I want to bring back here to the other screen so you guys can see our next guest here from hailing from Cincinnati. And this is where I believe Cincy, and I hope um, I'm going to make Drew a little happy here, but hailing from Cincinnati. From the Cincy Jungle Podcast, if I do remember correctly, and reporting also for SB Nation. If you guys can see, for Drew Garrison, it is Drew underscore Garrison underscore. So you guys can follow him just like we do here on the show. And bringing a man up here on the screen is Drew Garrison. Drew, how are you this early afternoon morning? Uh, it's a little weird, man. I'm in Ohio, so I'm in Dayton, about 45 minutes north of Cincinnati. And it's 34 right now, so I got Florida beat. Yeah. Yep, you sure do. <laughs> that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> it sure doesn't. But hey, again, it's just it's weird, just unbelievable weather the way it works down here. But it's okay. I don't listen. I'm not complaining because it could be a lot worse. That's for Dagon Shore. And the two other gentlemen that I'm going to bring up here, finally to add to the panel of guests here, one hailing from our Latin side of the country. Boyle that we have had on the show multiple times, and he brings on his co-host here from Chiefs Espanol Kingdom. You guys can follow them also on Espanol Chiefs on Twitter. As I bring up both gentlemen here, here is Boyle representing the Kansas City Chiefs and representing the San Francisco 49ers. It is Diego. Gentlemen, how are you this afternoon? What's up, fellas? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm ex still excited after four uh, FC Championship, it doesn't get old. I barely slept yesterday, so I mean, <laughs> my first. It, it's the same, 
Excuse me? I said, this is my first. I'm only 30. They just won a playoff game for the first time in my life a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, I was like you uh, four years ago. Uh, the Chiefs has some... The Chiefs are really strange right now. Since Patrick Mahomes, we have won eight playoff championships, and since um, since 1970, we won eight playoffs. So that's like a four years in 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 a lifetime for us. So we're really excited right now. We're not taking anything for granted. Come. Yeah. Well, we hope not. But that, and of course, Mike says, "My God, this is a Steelers show." But hey, listen, we got everyone here in the house. By the way, uh, Drew, just to let you know, you're not alone here as far as coming from the Ohio area because the other two gentlemen are right in your neck of the woods as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, good. Good to have some some local representation, man. Yeah, me, uh, me, the one they love to hate, and Chipper are all from Cleveland, but we're diehard Steelers fans. That's got to be tough, right? But I'm a I'm a Michigan football college in college. I root for Michigan. Uh, All right, well, we're good. Can we get can we get can we get something right real quick? Sure. So I was on Twitter today, and there's another show that exists in Illyria called the Renegade Roundtable, and I was reading some of their tweets. I just want everybody out there to know that we are the the real Renegades, and we are the number one show. Steelers show in the state of Ohio. So just putting that out there. Yeah, that is true. The numbers nice. prove it. That's true. I I will attest to that. That is very true. So listen, it, there's always going to be, everyone's going to try and duplicate shows. Everyone's going to try and do different things because that's just the way it works. If you have to be original and be a content creator and be your own podcast, podcaster slash broadcaster in order to do this stuff, but it, we, we know how it works. So it's, it's not anything new, but I want to start off here, obviously being championship Sunday and Drew, I'll start with you because I know we have a couple guys. We have limited time here with you guys this morning. Again, appreciate you guys coming on for me. The key is for Cincinnati to go off that same momentum what they had come last week in a divisional game. As we talked about here before we all went on air, is that we wouldn't expect what we saw last week in a divisional round to be the same way come this week in the championship round. So I want to start off with you, Joey Burrow. Obviously, I, I thought, and I as I mentioned before, I believe on, on our show as well, when he first came out, I thought he was going to be a Johnny Manziel 2.0. But obviously, he's proven he's a lot better than Johnny Manziel. How has Joey Burrow made the impactful difference in Cincinnati in the short time that he's been there? Well, one of the biggest things I'll point out between him and Johnny, I've never seen Joe Burrow drunk on an inflatable swan, so we're doing good there. <laughs> That's uh, it's, it's, it, it's, I mean, obviously, he, you know, he had the, the knee injury last year. I expected him to come back. I expected him to do well. I didn't expect this. I, I, I couldn't expect to be here. Um, and it's he just brings belief to everybody. So I was at uh, a few weeks ago at a game with the, we played the Chargers. We got down big early. I think it was 22, 24 points, something like that. And it was the weirdest thing because I, I, I had Bengals season tickets for a while. I've been to um, you know many games, but I you know I first got into the Bengals in the Achilles Smith area. Then we had Kitna. Then we thought we had it with Palmer and all that. And I, most of my adult life has been really the Andy Dalton era. There was a belief in that stadium that I've never felt. I've been to plenty of Bengals games where they were down 20 some points and the, the belief was never there. Like it was when, when Burrow was playing, you know, we almost came back and won that game. Um, so he, 
I mean, he works his butt off. I mean, he, he works his tail off. He worked his, his tail off to get back. He does everything that you want your quarterback to do. He's got that, that confidence that kind of borders with cockiness that I personally love. Um, so I, I just he, – he brings that belief to the fan base, and I know that he brings it to the locker room as well. They just – we have a guy. You know, finally we have a guy. <laughs> That's up there, you know. I, I'm putting him in the in the top ten of quarterbacks. I'm not sure if he cracks five for me yet. He may if he balls out today. Um, so it, it's just I think it more than you know. His he's obviously a talented guy. He can make any throw you want. There was a lot of questions about his arm strength. Um, he's kind of put those to rest. I think this year, but it's just the intangibles that I think has really changed the whole. I mean, the fan base, the the the, the team, the coaching staff believes in him. There's a lot of people sort of like me, man. When they kept bringing Marvin Lewis back, I'm like, do I, why do I do this to myself? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. All this money. I, I, in front of my house right now, I have a van that is orange with black Bengal stripes all over it, oh, the sh- logos everywhere. Like they've got uh, so much money out of me. And I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, at times when it gets rough and it seemed like the organization wasn't bought in, but, you know, they started spending money. They bought, you know, they bought players for the defense and they paid off. They got their guy in the draft. So I just, he brings a lot. And he, I think he will bring the attractiveness of Cincinnati for, for guys outside of the organization to come there. So he has completed an overhaul of the entire organization in two years. And it's just incredible. And it's, I'm, I'm 30 years old. It's the most fun I've ever had as a Bengals fan. True. As far as uh, getting into the game right now, um, see this. Cincinnati offensive line giving up nine sacks last week going up against Kansas City's front four. Yeah, that was um, – they gave up four the last time that they played when they beat the Chiefs in week uh, 17. So um, they, they've got to clean that up. Obviously, it's a talent issue. Um, I, th- I think a lot of it is just the players aren't good enough, and that's my offseason wish list is to go all in with free agency and, and, and get any proven lineman out there. Right. Um, but Burrow's going to have to play a clean game. 19 points isn't going to get it done against the Chiefs. Um, you know, 26 like they had against the Raiders in the wild card round, not going to get it done against the Chiefs. Um I don't expect Jamar Chase to to have 266 on 11 catches and three touchdowns. So I think that they're going to shade a lot of coverage to him. I think Steve Spagnuolo has probably been struggling a little bit. Um, so I'm looking for a big game out of Tyler Boyd and or T. Higgins today. Um, and I, I got the mix in jersey on today. I'm a lunatic. I think I have to wear the same color jersey as the team when they play. I think that it matters, even though I know it doesn't. So I'm, I'm hoping for a, a solid ground attack. Um, if you look back to the Week 17 matchup against the Chiefs, they only scored three points in the second half. They only had three drives. So we were able to control the clock, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And I think that's one of the keys today is sustainable, long drives. I know we've got the big play, big score ability, and that's fun when you need it. But I would like sustained drives, keep Tyreek Hill, keep Travis Kelsey, keep Pat Mahomes on the sidelines. So that's that's what I'm looking for. Is I'm looking for Joe Mixon to kind of carry the load today, move the change, run the clock, and just keep those dudes on the sidelines and coats. But uh, it's going to be about 48 degrees out there, I think, in Kansas City today. So I think it's going to be a, a good weather game for for both sides, man. They can both let it fly. Listen, you you talk about you know them keeping Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey on the side. They have other weapons like Tyreek Hill. They have uh, that running back McKinnon that they got from Minnesota. He's ranked in the top five uh, on e- or EPA over the last couple of weeks. He's been having some good games with with the Chiefs and whatnot. You're absolutely right. They got to get to Patrick and get to him fast and knock him down about five or six times and not let him beat Patrick Mahomes that he has been 
over the last playoffs. But the Chiefs are hot right now. I mean, and not to toot my own horn, I know I'm going to bring this up again, but I picked Cincinnati to win a division at the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be them in San Francisco in the Super Bowl. That's my pick for the Super Bowl. I don't think Kansas City can uh, – has anything for Jamar Chase? I think Chase is is the real deal. And and Angel, I'm kind of uh, kind of uh, asking why you you compare Joe Burrow to Johnny Manziel. Like that's a far comparison. I was a Manziel fan when he came out of Texas A&M, and Burrow is way better than Johnny Football. Uh, the only reason why I say that is because obviously when he first came on, and you know the the last that Cincinnati have seen anything successful would have been Johnny Menzel because it wasn't a redheaded stepchild as we've all known where he's ended up moving around. But to me, it was only because he came out and he I, he didn't portray like Johnny football. But in college, you kind of wondered as he was getting ready for the draft, and he knew that he was probably going to end up in Cincinnati. What I'd hoped for wasn't going to be that he had turned into Johnny Manziel, that he was actually going to end up breaking that mold and end up doing better things in Cincinnati, which he's obviously he's done there in Cincy. And I think for them, obviously for, for Cincinnati, I don't think anyone, and Drew, you can back me up on this one, I don't think anyone saw him passing the divisional round. And it's and it's nothing against Cincinnati is because obviously as they've been rebuilding and they've been trying to get this team better. And Drew, you 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 touched up on it when it came to Marvin Lewis. We've seen the disappointment so many years coming out of the Bengals that it finally they were able to make that turn. So now that they're at the AFC championship game, you know, he, yes, he's much better than Menzel would have ever been. And obviously I think even 10 times better than Andy Dalton would have ever been for Cincinnati. So you know, that's the only reason why I had made a comparison early on as far as for them. But you're talking about two complete different individuals when it comes to that. So uh, it, listen, I'm, I'm happy that Cincinnati's there. I'm, it's nice to see this final four a little more of a mix up. Obviously, with the Chiefs being there now for the fourth time again, it's almost like the Buffalo Bills. They came up short last year in Florida, right? The first time they won at Miami, second time they lost there in Tampa Bay. So we're going to see because KC, in the beginning of the year, boy, and I'll turn this one over to you. The beginning of the year, we saw that it was a rough start for KC. And it looked like all the baggage that they had at the end of the Super Bowl run last year was going to pick up on it. And you were with us earlier on this year where we talked about oh, just about the same thing. And it's amazing how much of a turnaround that Kansas City has done up to this point. We saw what Patrick Mahomes was able to do, but at the same time, too, we saw that both teams went back and forth in extremely lot last week, including all, you know, all the teams that were involved on divisional weekend. But Patrick Mahomes seems to be playing as of the way Patrick Mahomes normally plays. Andy Reid, once again, is able to pull it together to get these guys over to the AFC Championship round. So today, being Patrick Mahomes, being healthy, at least the healthiest he's been all season long, what do we expect out of Patrick Mahomes today? I mean, the turnaround of this season is, is incredible. <clears throat> uh, everybody was playing to set this high. Uh, they were trying to make... Um, Patrick Mahomes take desperate decisions, and he was doing that. <clears throat> he had a turnover ratio really big, really bad, and he was having problems with his new offensive line. The, his new line is really good, but it's really heavy, and he was used to dropping back like uh, it's normally a seven step, um, well, Mahomes has like 10, 11 steps normally. And the left and the right tackle weren't used to that. So he was creating a lot of problems for the offense. I was actually talking to Diego and, and telling him, right now, the problem <clears throat> is Patrick Mahomes. 
It's not the off, it's not the offensive line, it's not the running backs, it's not the wide receiver, <clears throat> it's Patrick Mahomes. But later in the year, you saw Mahomes and Andy Reid going a little bit more patience. Like the last game, yes, they threw for 370 yards, but with zero passes above of 20 yards. That's incredible for Mahomes. I mean, 370 yards, you were used to watching Mahomes throw the deep ball that he's really good doing, um, doing it. But now he's just taking check downs, taking what the defense is giving you. Sometimes you, you throw um, a kill crossing in the, um, down the field. And Mahomes is really good at watching the defense uh, in man cover and then taking off, running the ball. He had 68 yards running the ball. He's taking what the defense is giving you. Okay, that's the difference of Patrick Mahomes in the first, uh, I think it was seven, seven games that he was playing horrible. Actually, he played a couple of games really bad that the defense won this game for us against the Packers, against the, the Giants. We were struggling against the Giants. I mean, that's, that's really awful. But right now, they're really hot. They scored 42 points against the number one defense in, in the NFL. That's actually the most points scored against the number one defense in the history of, of playoffs. So, I mean, I know the, the Bengals are not this, these two defenses, um, the, the Steelers and the Bills defense. But the thing that the Bengals has is a really powerful offense that makes a little bit of trouble for, for us, for the offense, because you have to score every time. That's the same pressure for the Bengals offense, and that's the same pressure for the Chiefs offense. You have to go and score. You saw uh, in the last game against the, the Bengals in week 17, the clock management from the Bengals was awesome. They led zero seconds to Patrick Mahomes. They actually went for it in, in fourth and one twice, but you were like, what the hell are you doing? You're in the one jar line with, I don't know, it was like 20 seconds, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, man, it's incredible. You have to score the uh, field goal to win the game. Just score it. We saw last week that 30 seconds, 13 seconds is, is just enough. So you have in the other side, a really talented, offense and a really talented uh, coach and that's what scares me because it, the the pressure for Mahomes is going to be up there again i i want to see Mahomes be be patient again i want to see Andy Reid be aggressive in fourth and one fourth and two just like the other teams are playing us and if we play turnover free game Again, just like the other uh, two playoff games, I think we can come up with a really, really hard game, but um, uh, a W in this game. To the turnover point real quick, it's actually funny you brought that up because I was thinking about that. In the first matchup in Week 17, the Bengals dropped two interceptions. Eli Apple dropped one, and I think Mike Hilton yeah. dropped another. I cannot tell you how many times in watching football, because I, I watch all the football games. You know, I, I don't just watch the Bengals. I watch everybody. I love it. 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen Patrick Mahomes or, or the Chiefs, you know, throw a pass that should be intercepted, that gets dropped or whatever, and then they go on to score a touchdown. It seems like it yeah. happens almost every time. There's a near pick, somebody drops it, they go on to score. If the Bengals get those opportunities today, they have to come down with the ball. They're working with a plus four turnover margin this uh, postseason, so it's that's been in their favor. But you, you have, and the, you, like you mentioned, teams going forward on fourth and one, fourth and two. When you're going up against Hardman, Pringle, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, when, when that happens, you have to make teams pay for their mistakes. So you have to take that fourth and one chance and convert it to extend your drive because you have to put the points up. So I think it's going to be an interesting chess match between Zach Taylor and Andy Reid today is, is managing those situations. Okay, if I'm at the opponent's, you know, 45-yard line, and I don't think I can hit the kick. Do I go for it here because I need to get points out of this? So I think that's going to be a really fun thing to watch as we kind of go through this. And I, I totally agree with Paulo about how the uh, first five, six weeks of the season went and then give credit to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, for the way that the offense adjusted accordingly. I mean, beginning of the season, they were kind of sticking with the, looking for the long ball and whatnot, and then uh, they decided to change, change your uh, – attitude and go with the shorter passes and the medium passes rather than always looking for the deep ball. So yeah, congrats to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense for adjusting accordingly. It's been, it's telling you what, it's been an incredible ride and I'm ready to, to watch a game action just between uh, Drew and Poyo going back and forth here. But it, it's, <laughs> listen, it's going to be exciting to see because it's been, since he definitely deserves to be there, that fan base definitely deserves to be there because we've seen that brown bag pass around from Cincy to Cleveland, Cleveland now to Jacksonville. I mean, it, it's going around all over the place. As Lee likes to talk about him as uh, AEW, and I say that's where everyone goes to retire and die, unfortunately, the NFL is in Jacksonville until they get the right head coach in there and start figuring out how to write that ship. And I still think anyways, that they're going to end up in London because London has been the home for the Jaguars since they've been playing overseas football. So to me, I think Jacksonville will be the first team to make their way overseas and go to London, but I guess we'll wait and see until after this COVID stuff ends up being over before the NFL decides to do what they want to do. So I want to switch over now to the NFC side and uh, Sheriff, I'll start off with you first. The Rams obviously have been there before came up short. Rams are looking to now do what Tampa Bay did last year is to host, obviously, which they are. They're going to host the Super Bowl there uh, at SoFi Stadium, which seems to be absolutely phenomenal when you can see on TV. I haven't been out there yet, so I haven't had the opportunity to go out there. But from what it looks like on TV, it looks awesome. But the Rams could be now the second team back-to-back to represent their team in their home state and their home city. We've seen what this team have done before. We've also seen them fall flat when not needed, which should have been an easy win. Rams are coming off the same way, that high momentum from last week. So coming to you as far as on the Rams side, the expectations for this team is obviously really high for the Rams to win, but the 49ers have been, like I said, Green Bay to Dallas has been their daddy. So can they make that turnaround from the Niners? Because this is going to be a hard-fought match come today. You know, this is absolutely a great matchup. By, by the way, before I get fully in there, if uh, if you have a chance to go to SoFi Stadium, take it. I was there twice this season. That place is unbelievable. But uh, looking at this matchup specifically, I mean, the 49ers, obviously, with six straight wins over the Rams, you got to take that into consideration. They're one heck of a football team. You don't get to the championship game on accident. So they're they're here for a reason. They're a good team. And beating Green Bay in, in Lambeau, I mean, that's something that not a lot of people get to – get a chance to do and, and 
they played a good a good game. So uh, from the Rams' perspective, I mean, yeah, we can look back at the 2018 season and that loss in the Super Bowl, but that was also Jared Goff. We had a completely different team. Uh, this team, this roster tends to change pretty fast uh, with Les Snead and now Sean McVay running things. But I think it's kind of twofold from the Rams' perspective. I mean, one thing, uh, one side of it is you now play your biggest division rival in the NFC Championship game for a chance to play in a Super Bowl in your own home stadium. And on the opposite side of that, but also kind of the same side, is you are now the only team standing in the way of your biggest division rival playing a Super Bowl in your stadium. So I don't think motivation is going to be an issue with this one, especially when you bring in guys like Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. midseason who are hungry. I mean, they, they, they sound hungry. They, they, are, uh, they have made a pretty big difference on this on this roster so far. And I think you really see that so far in the postseason. Regular season, they kind of were just in their feet a little bit, but now uh, they've really hit a stride. And I think the, Matthew Stafford, the way that he's been playing throughout these these last two games in the playoffs has been absolutely phenomenal. No turnovers for Stafford, which we know mid to late season was becoming a little bit of concern. But this 49ers team, uh, it's one heck of a matchup. I, I expect a very good game, uh, especially when you go division rivals like this. The, the history – Runs pretty deep, and, and this is the, the second time we'll play the, the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, historically speaking, but I don't think that the motivation will be any issue for this team, so I expect a good showing from the LA Rams. Hey, Sheriff, is there any truth to the story that Von Miller just released about Odell telling him not to come to Cleveland? You know what? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I, 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 of course, can't confirm certain comments that were made years ago, especially when two players that are currently Rams were not Rams. Uh, I don't know what those conversations were like, but I would say that that's probably pretty realistic. I don't think Odell liked it out in Cleveland. So uh, it makes sense that those comments would have been said. Odell was telling uh, guys. No, go ahead. I mean, how how excited are you guys to have OBJ on this team? I mean, he's obviously excelled since he left uh, this dumpster fire of an organization that we have here in this city. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I, how excited are Rams fans to have uh, OBJ on that team? You know, I think there was a lot of caution when the, the signing first was announced of, of people saying, like, oh, I don't know, like the, the, the word is he's a locker room cancer. But I kept saying that, you know, I think that the Rams – culture was just too strong for OBJ to destroy. So uh, having him come in, I was excited about it right away. I mean, obviously we all know he's extremely talented and when he's got a good organization around him, supporting him, I, we saw it when Coughlin was in, uh, in New York with him. That was a, a well-run organization at the time with somebody like Coughlin, who is a grown up of, of sorts. So uh, Odell was thriving in that. And then after Coughlin left, and then of course in Cleveland, which we know is not necessarily the best run organization. I think they're headed in the right direction, but that's a story for another time, but uh, he kind of struggled there. And so I think that him coming to the Rams and not needing to be the star, I think is a big part of it. Cause in Cleveland, he was the star. He was the biggest name, but you come to Los Angeles. Now there's Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Uh, I mean, Von Miller recently added Matthew Stafford, uh, big names and, and, and Robert Woods, Cooper cup, like names that, that also hold that weight and he's not required to be that number one guy who gets all of the attention. It's kind of spread a little bit more even. And I think that he thrives in that environment. So losing Robert Woods helped him out a lot. I don't know if it helps or hurts really. I mean, uh, we know so that it helped, that it helped out OBJ a lot. 
I well, I don't, I, I, I don't, don't know if I agree with that because I think that OBJ would have, uh, if Robert Woods was still in, I think that OBJ would have taken more of a Van Jefferson role than anything. So I, I don't know if uh, losing Robert Woods was a benefit to anybody in the Los Angeles uh, uh, in that building there. Now, before I go over to Diego, I, I want to ask you, Sheriff, if if you think by any chance before even the game gets played here, Von Miller, do you believe? that in his mind right now, he's thinking that he will come back to the Rams come next year, maybe try and get at least extension for two more years. Or is it one of those things that he believes he'll end up shopping around? And let's just say for all things, you know, all purposes, they don't make it. We hope that they obviously win like every other team today, but let's just say they don't win. The, they don't win the NFC championship game. Does he come back to LA next year? You know, I believe Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. Both return to Los Angeles Rams. We have a lot of dead cap that falls off of our books this off season with, a lot of the moves that we've made in the past with, you know, Jared Goff, Brian Cooks, Todd, Todd Gurley, a bunch of those guys are now coming off of our books. So we will have the money for those guys. And I do think that both of them will come back. Von Miller, though, specifically, I think that he, I mean, I mean, well, both of them, they do also uh, frequent Los Angeles. Uh, it's Odell's had a house there for a while. Von Miller used to spend his summers out there anyway. So I do think that it's something that will happen, that Von Miller just will probably wrap up his, his career as a Ram. All right. Now, Diego, who's been patiently waiting. Diego, thank yes, you sir. for waiting, sir. But uh, San Fran, right? Here we go again. San Fran Rams, which we know this should probably be in the being one of the better matchups of the of the weekend that you would think if Cincy and Casey wasn't there. So this is like evenly matched because I'm I'm as much as we're all dying to see a three o'clock game here, the six o'clock game should be just as good as the one here at three o'clock. But 49ers. We've heard that Jimmy G was not supposed to be the starting quarterback. We kept hearing about there was possibly rumors they wanted to trade him back to New England, which I thought would end up being a, a crazy mistake. Jimmy G fights injuries. He comes back. He bounced back. I mean, the, the guy is like a phoenix. No matter what gets thrown his way, he rises up all the time. So the good thing with Jimmy G is he's back here where he's been at before. So it's not like it's something new for him. He's back here again for the, for the NFC Championship game. And a possibility to make it back to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to go as far as advancing past the NFC Championship game, but how much has Jimmy G done to make sure that not only obviously the head coach being prepared, but for him being prepared and for all the naysayers that didn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo at all this season to prove him wrong? Because here they are now at the NFC Championship game. It amazes me how people are still throwing things at Jimmy G. It's just out of his world that people are not believing in him. But first of all, I wouldn't call SoFi Stadium the home of the Rams just yet, at least for this game. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think that's a true statement. If you go to the Super Bowl, then you can talk about we're at home or whatever. But for this game, I don't believe you can call it your home because we've seen the swarm of red shirts on, on the audience. So it's going to happen again today. And talking about Jimmy G, guys, I believe I cracked the code. I know what's going on here, and I know why San Francisco 49ers are fighting for the NFC Championship. You remember that movie, um, Batman Begins, when uh, Bruce Wayne falls in the pit, and then his father comes down and says, why do we fall? So we can learn how to pick ourselves up. That's what the 49ers have been doing all season. We've been dead since week eight. We were three and five. It's right. been a hard season. And the 49ers have learned how to pick themselves up because of this. And I cracked the code that no one knows, and I know it, and the Niners know it. I'm sure this is true. They count on Jimmy G doing one dumb thing at least a game. They're <laughs> counting on that. They, they, I, I'm, 
I, I can see Kyle Shanahan grabbing the, 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 um, the his sheet and saying, okay, we're going to score a touchdown. Jimmy G's going to do something dumb. Then we're going to get the ball back. They know it's coming. They know it's happening. I'm, be- I'm beginning to think they're doing this on purpose. Because I can't believe how this team, with Jimmy G, who is a good quarterback, he has vision, he can throw the ball, but he always does one dumb mistake a game at least. We saw it against Dallas. We saw it against Green Bay. And the spicy thing about these games is that we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be in the first quarter, if it's going to be uh, something that's not going to have any consequences or a devastating mistake, but we don't know when it's coming. But they know it's coming. They know he's going to make a mistake at least once. So the other team is going to say, all right, we picked up Jimmy G. All right, the momentum is on us. No, my friend, because we were counting on that. We knew it's scripted in our game plan that the 49ers are going to mess up at least once, and then we're going to pick ourselves up again. So I believe this is the reason why the Niners are here. We have a good chance of going to the Super Bowl because, like you said, Angel, the Rams, hey, we are your father. We are, and we are your father for the last uh, three seasons, and we're going to be keeping keeping your father. But I know it's tough. The Rams have their moment. And if we do go to the Super Bowl and we go against whatever, the Bengals or the Chiefs, whatever, you know what? We've been dying, like I said, since week eight. I have nothing else to uh, force my team to, 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 to tell me that they're good. They already exceeded all my expectations. We're playing work like we got nothing to lose. So that's what makes the 49ers dangerous because they know how to clean up their mistakes and because we have nothing to lose because none of you, I can bet money, knew or thought that the 49ers were going to be fighting for the, for the Super Bowl. Man, Diego, you're talking my language here. I mean, you 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 talking Batman? I got a Batman tattoo. You talking Star Wars? I mean, dude, you're my new best friend, man. Dude, dude, I didn't even know that the 49ers were going to be here, and I have a tattoo on my ankle of the 49ers. I had no idea they were going to be here. So we have nothing to lose. We're already dead. So my friend Jerry Joe Bax, I understand everything that you said, but there's nothing more dangerous. And I here comes another movie. Any given Sunday, Al Pacino says, is the guy who's willing to die, who's going to go for that extra inch. And the 49ers, like I said, they've been dying since the week eight. So we are willing to die. If we die, we'll come back next year. We'll come back stronger. It, there's win-win for me, guys. Win-win for the 49ers. So, Diego, if, if the 49ers do lose this game to the Rams, yeah, do you think Jimmy G stays in San Fran, or do you think because I mean, obviously, the team I root for, we need a quarterback. Yeah, and I know, I know we would love to have a Jimmy G type quarterback. I mean, there's even talk of Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, all the names that are being thrown around for every team that needs a quarterback. But I mean, yeah. obviously, the Steelers, you know, are looking for one as well. Do you think there's any chance that Jimmy G does take free agency or maybe even a trade to try to go to one of these other teams that yeah. are in desperate need? I think I'm alone in this. I don't want Jimmy G to go. I like him. I, he, he gets things done. I mean, there's no way of you saying that Jimmy G is not a good quarterback. He's here again. I don't think he should leave. I think Trey Lance is young. He has a great arm, great potential. He has some good legs, but I don't think Jimmy G should leave. I want him for at least one season or maybe change Jimmy G. Maybe 
maybe Aaron Rodgers comes to the Niners for one last season. I don't know. But we need someone to keep teaching this kid how to not be scared. Have you seen Trey Lance's face when he goes on the huddle? He's just like, oh, my God, someone's going to kill me right now. I can't have this. And the guy has talent. So someone needs to keep teaching this kid, along with Kyle Shanahan, how to play NFL football. And I want Jimmy G to stay one more season. If not, then I see a little bit of rebuild for the next couple of years. But the 49ers with that defense, they're going to be back a couple of years more. Believe me. Yeah, I kind of I kind of compare Jimmy G to that that uh, that dog that nobody really wants, but he does something up just to warm your heart to keep and keep to keep him. You know, <laughs> you keep kicking yeah. his dog to the curb, and nobody really wants him, but you know, some, mm. he does something that you love him enough to to keep him or keep picking him up. So Jimmy G, I compare him to get that kind of a dog. And he has a beautiful smile, guys. He does. <laughs> <laughs> they gave up. They gave up so much to get Trey Lance, though. You, you exactly. think he's going to yeah. play sooner than later. You don't give up picks like that for a guy in today's day and age to sit him for two years. Most guys don't even. Most teams don't even sit him one. So I, I feel like with all that they gave up to move up to get Trey Lance, I think this is the writing on the wall for Jimmy G. Unless he wins the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. That's oh. the big. That's the. I mean, I, I think Rich Eisen pulled up the, some tweet or something that says that it was going to be tough for uh, Jimmy G to, to to part ways with the 49ers after winning the ring. I mean, it's right. it's not an easy thing to do. But I totally believe that. I'm not sure yet if Trey Lance is the future. But the 49ers believe that they threw the house. They they gave up the stadium to get Trey Lance. So I do believe that Trey Lance can be mm. a, the future of the 49ers. But I would keep Jimmy just one more season. Baby. Yeah, but look at this way. If the Niners win the Super Bowl, the trade, um, the Jimmy G price will go up. You can trade it for yeah. a, uh, one ra- first rounder or something. You can uh, bring back something else from, from all that you gave for Trey Lance. So, I mean, I really think that this right now is the moment to trade um, Jimmy G because the next year there are no good quarterbacks in the draft. And there are a couple of really um, needing quarterback teams like the Denver Broncos, the Steelers, uh, that can pay for a quarterback. I mean, we saw the Colts paying uh, a first-rounder for Carson Wentz. I mean, you can get back a first-rounder. It was a a second or first round um, uh, because of, um, uh, you know, the percentage of snaps. But you can get back a lot for Jimmy G the next season. So I, I really think that the Niners, the, the most in, in intelligent thing to do is to trade him the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, you know, take my hat off to Jimmy G, but I think the X factor of the 49ers has been Debo Sanders. Debo. This guy's oh, playing yeah. the lights out. He's running <laughs> the ball. He's catching it. You know, he's like a machine out there. I mean, I know he's going to go up against Jalen Ramsey, which is, you know, a hell of a matchup. But Debo Samuel's been lighting it on fire since, as you said, Diego Week 8 or whatever. Yeah, they have a lot of talent, Debo being one of them. And Brandon Ayu, he's been quiet this, this postseason, but he's also a very talented receiver. Greg Kitt, uh, George Kittle is George Kittle. He's, he's a beast. I mean, I, right. I, I alongside with, with uh, Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league. So they do have a lot of talent. And the frontal defense is just out of this world. If you keep Nick Bosa healthy and and um, 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 uh, Fred Warner and all of those backers that are coming back, if you keep this defense healthy, they are one of the best defenses in 
in football. So, I like I said, guys, for me, honestly, personally, I mean, it's a win-win. I, I, I don't want any anything more for you guys. Of course, I want the ring, but you already gave me way more than I thought. So, uh, uh, I think that's that the feeling that I have right now. It's just I'm going to enjoy the game, not like I, en I enjoy the the Super Bowl against Kansas, which I hated because I it really hurt me that I, I'm not going to be hurt in this in, in this team in this season because I knew that the 49ers were just here because of something weird happened and I explained to you why they are counting on Jimmy G messing up they know it they have scripted in their playbook <laughs> well Diego as far as going in today Trent Williams is a game time decision yeah now the backup to Trent Williams that that's a that's a whole different story I mean with Aaron Donald right right in the yeah. mix of there I mean do that does the backup behind Trent Williams I mean no. does that make I mean, non -existent. is there a lot of depth at all or no? I mean, I mean, comparing to Trent Williams, the backup is not existence. I don't care if you are if you are Thor from the, the Avengers or Bane or whatever. It's non-existent. Have you seen? I mean, even Kyle Shanahan says that on a press conference, he says it's scary to watch Trent Williams in movement, uh, in motion. It's just you see this guy who's huge running and trying to clear way for the running back. It's just he's he's the best graded player in all NFL. So I, I do believe this is going to be some a, a key a key. Uh, um, uh, theme about the 49ers uh, uh, keep movement in this game. So hopefully Trent Williams is, I don't think he's going to miss this game, even though he has a broken ankle or whatever. He's going to try he, the, what, the best that he can do so he can be in this game and get the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I mean, my, my, my go ahead, Lee. Oh, I was just going to ask Drew if he thought that the, the he as a Bengals uh, person had any thought whatsoever that the Bengals would even make it to this point. I know, I know us on the Renegades in the preseason, we didn't think that the Bengals would be that much of a factor. But, then, I mean, obviously they beat the – handily beat the Steelers twice. I think the only team that they lost to in the division was Cleveland. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just – it's amazing to see a team that's never been here before, or at least in my lifetime. I'm 37, so I'm right there, you know, just a few years older than Drew. Um, you know, I mean, so I, I'm just wondering how he feels as a, as a Bengals fan. To, to see that a lot of people think that the Bengals could pull it out against the Chiefs today and make it to the big dance. So to be completely honest with you, man, coming into this season, I looked at it. I looked at the schedule when it came out like I always do. I'd look at wins, losses. I ex I thought the ceiling was 9 to 10 wins. Now, we finished the regular season with 10 wins. Um, I didn't personally expect a playoff berth. I expected Cleveland to be a lot better. I know they had a lot of injuries and COVID. Um, Baltimore was really beat up with injuries too. But we, we handedly beat the Steelers twice. Sorry. We handedly beat Baltimore twice. Uh, we got drubbed by Cleveland once and then played our backups uh, week 18 against them and, and lost there. Um, so I was expecting, uh, to be completely honest with you, I was expecting somewhere between seven and nine wins. I thought the ceiling was 10. Um, I didn't think that would get you in. I thought the AFC North would send two teams again. Um, but it, 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 it's been a ride, man. I, I went to the uh, playoff game. I, I had attended five other playoff games and never saw a victory. Um, so I went to that. And kind of once that monkey got off your back, that, that relief came off my shoulders. It's like I almost felt like kind of like we're playing with house money at this point. You know what I mean? Like nobody expected us. To be, they were saying we're going to be 5-12 and 12 and, and, you know, the worst team in the division and, and all this stuff. And, you know, we got here, so it kind of felt like I was playing with house money in that divisional round. Um, I wasn't too nervous going in. I was just kind of like, you know what? 
we weren't even supposed to be here, man. Let's see what we got. But now that it's AFC Championship Sunday, I am a ball of nerves. I'm a wreck because I know that these <laughs> Super Bowl chances only come around so often, every 30 years or so if you're in Cincinnati. So um, I, I'm really it, – it, it's getting to me today. It, I, I kind of thought, you know, if, if, we, if we lose today and we don't go to the Super Bowl – I'll be all right, you know. Whatever we this we, we did more than we were supposed to, but now that the day's here and the time has come, if it doesn't go our way, I'm going to be just completely devastated tonight. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Cincinnati is one of, if not the, surprise story in the NFL this year. Yeah. It's, it's one of the quickest turnarounds in organizational history. I mean, we had six wins the previous two years. Um, right. So it, it's got to be one of the quickest turnarounds. You know, I don't know the stats and numbers that go into stuff like that. But, I mean, to go from, you know, two wins, four wins, to to being in the AFC championship game in the matter of, you know, three seasons, I was out on Zach Taylor pretty quickly. I was go get Dayball, go get Eric Bieniemy, go get, you know, Josh McDaniels. I was on all those guys. And, uh, one thing I'll say about Zach Taylor, I, his play call is still questionable to me. I, I, he, he makes some decisions that I don't necessarily agree with, but I'm done doubting the guy because he's gotten us here and <laughs> nobody else has in my lifetime. Um, and one thing about him, the players play for that guy. They love Zach Taylor. Like you could see it in the celebration sure. when they beat Kansas City to win the division. They love that guy. So my, my Zach hate, my Zach Taylor hate is, is dying down a little bit. I, I put it on Twitter the other day. I said, you know what? Who am I to judge it? I'm just a random dude. Do your thing, coach. It's working. So um, it's it felt like house money up until this morning. I woke up this morning just like stomach in knots, nervous. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I'm going to handle it for two weeks if they do make it because I'm going to be the same way for two weeks. So I'm like sc- I'm scouting venues like near where I live to rent out to have like a giant Super Bowl party just because I may never see it again. So hopefully I have to start making those calls on Monday. <laughs> I had a question for Joe real quick. Um, you know, you're going up against the Niners. What is the psyche got to be with, you know, are the Niners in the Rams' heads? I mean, you can only lose to a team so many times. I mean, I'm going back to the early 2000s when they said the Tampa Bay Bucks couldn't win a game and under, I forget what the temperature in Philly, but the Eagles owned the Bucks for so many years up until, not to bring it up, but, the 2002 NFC Championship, which we see Tampa rolled in in 20-degree weather and took the Eagles by storm. Hate to bring that up, Eagles fans, but the last game of Veterans Stadium. just I mean, you can only keep losing to a team so long until before the streak snaps. Yeah, I mean, one thing with the with the 49ers, obviously, the six-game uh, six streak over the Rams is obviously a huge storyline going into this one. Um, to the, the crowd is a huge story going into this one. All that stuff is a big story. It, simple point is you need to put up more points than the 49ers. I don't care if it's 100% 49ers fans in that stadium. I don't care that they've won six straight against us. Play them today. And winning six straight does not also mean that they start up 10 nothing or anything like right. that. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter, ultimately. Uh, put up more points. That's, that's what you need to do. But as far as, like, the psyche goes on it, I don't think that, um, that, the, that the Rams are looking at this as any other – game than just the NFC championship game that you need to win. Uh, one thing that we do know about the 49ers based on our history with them is they're going to punch you in the mouth for 60 straight minutes. Are you going to punch back? And luckily we will get that answer today. Joe, could you touch on something that came out in the media earlier this week? They were saying that Rams fans were, they were, were not going to sell 
49ers tickets to, I mean, not sell tickets to the 49er fans. Like they were trying to prevent like no 49ers fans coming into SoFi Stadium. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, initially it came out that the, the, on the websites and stuff like that the, is the, the tickets were being restricted to the Los Angeles area. That got blown up a lot, um, and I think that a big part of that is the 49ers fan base. They saw that, and, and they kind of lit it up. But let's not forget that in the divisional round, the Tennessee Titans did that to the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they were only selling to the metro area there. Uh, I've seen it here in Denver. I had Colorado Springs friends, which is where I'm at. Colorado Springs Broncos fans who were angry that they couldn't purchase tickets for the first 24 hours because Denver restricted it to their area. So, yes, it's something that happened, but let's not pretend like that's not a normal thing. And then you also have uh, Melissa Whitworth and Kelly Stafford. They also went in and they were actually buying tickets and just giving them away to Rams fans. Wow. I think a big part of that is, is of course, that we don't want to see uh, a stadium full of red, but let's also not pretend like this isn't Los Angeles. There's a bunch of different fan bases there. There are going to be teams that just blow out SoFi. San Francisco is one of those teams. The Raiders are one of those teams. The Cowboys, the Packers, we've seen it. The Steelers, these are all teams that are going to fill up SoFi uh, when when we're out. But, I mean, you've got to consider there's a gap there. There's a whole generation gap. We were gone for 21 years. Uh, it's going to take probably another 20 years until, you know, kids are growing up and, and, and going to the games every weekend and stuff like that, that we'll actually have a real fan base there. It is what it is right now, but right. yeah, it's kind of interesting uh, the way that that story got blown up, considering that is something that I've seen multiple times in my, um, in my watching history. Now, Doug, to add, uh, add on to that real quick, I did hear on the four letter network, it was either Thursday or Friday. They had mentioned something about 65% of the stadium was going to be Niners fans. Damn. Yeah, that, I mean, that's currently the estimate, but obviously we have no idea. Like I said, it could be 100% Niners fans. Just put up more points than the 49ers, go to the Super Bowl. I don't care. That's my mentality, hey, man. Yeah. Fellas, I hate to cut this short. Our game kicks off in an hour. I got to pick up some food. I got a house full of people coming over. I hate to cut this short, but I'm going to have to hop off. Um, if you want no, my predictions, 38 31 Bengals. All right. Listen, wow. Drew. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully the Bengals end up pulling off the victory as we still have the Casey guys on here as well, but hopefully they pull off the victory. And I hope you guys have an amazing time there at the household. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure guys. Thanks for coming on. See you, man. Uh, you know, so can we talk about the monkey in the room, the four letter network making a bold statement yesterday and pretty much already starting to eat crow, but yet they decide to still run with the story. And then, even, and then even bringing, uh, the guy on that broke the story, and he's still sitting there saying, "Oh no, it's gonna happen. We just don't know when yet." You know, he's nah. he's already told people, but yet Angel, as you said at the beginning of the show, you know that statement has not come out. He hasn't even talked with the Buccaneers yet. He hasn't talked to his agent yet. I mean, he's probably talked to Giselle because I mean, let let's face it, who wears the pants <laughs> in that family? But it, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, does ESPN recover from this? No, not really. And it, the problem is that you end up having is when you want to jump the gun and, and shame on also on Adam Schefter for getting duped once again because he got duped before and now he falls for it for a second time. And then Ian Rappaport <clears throat> over from the NFL Network does the same exact thing. As we're watching this morning from the network side, they turned around and they said at first, well, it's just, you know, a potential retirement. So they retract upon what they're saying. Then come to find out, most Brady, as I stated and put out there on Facebook, that Brady called the organization last night and told the organization that he had no plans of retirement. And if he did, it was going to happen the week 
after the Super Bowl. Therefore, there would be no Tom Brady talk until after the season was done. There was nothing else to talk about. Let the Super Bowl winner, you know, just have fun with their entire week, leading up to their celebration. Then he will make his decision. Well, we also find out today that Tom Brady's dad also called and stated that he did not have that conversation with his son, that they would both have that conversation, obviously with Giselle and the rest of the family, to say that he was going to retire. So this is, once again, when we see people talk about fact-checking and this and that and the other, you should have done your homework because now you look like complete fools by putting out a story that wasn't out there, including multiple media outlets and everything else. And where did it start from? From Babylon. And if everybody knows that website, that's where all the spoofs begin on Babylon. Great site. But if you want to make up something, put it out there. And someone probably grabbed it like TMZ did, which TMZ's biggest mistake on TMZ Sports was the whole Kobe Bryant situation. That should yep. have not been put out there prior to the family knowing about Kobe Bryant. So, And TMZ Sports is still trying to recover from that. You might see TMZ put stuff out there, but they've learned from that huge mistake, and they're still going to court for it, by the way, uh, from that whole Kobe Bryant saga. So, yeah, mm -hmm. to me, and unless a man's going to put it out there, and I don't see Tom Brady, and I know Fuji wants to get in here because as his best friend, he's got the jersey in his closet. <laughs> I understand how I get it. But <laughs> when it comes that's down why, to it. That's why you know all about this, because you're the one down there. I mean, you got, you're right there in Tampa's backyard, my man. Like, you got that inside info. Well, I mean, along with the jersey and was along with TB12 in the back. Of the <laughs> I knew I've been waiting for this. You know, I knew I was going to bring it. You knew I was going to bring the Tom Brady connection that you had. You are you are the connection right there, my man. Besides Philly, <laughs> you are the main connection in Tampa to Philly. Hang on, Cheryl Joe and say something Holy Tampa. I just I just want to put it out there. Did it did it not raise any flags for anybody that Tom Brady's retirement was announced in a tweet? Obviously, that was not going to be that Tom Brady is going to announce his retirement. Exactly. When even Big Ben put out a video on his own social media. Do you really think that that was the way that it was just going to happen? Is is just a source telling Schefter and then that's how it, it's announced? That just didn't feel real to me. Look, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, and I want him to retire like three years ago. And I'm right now, it's like, what have you done? Because knowing Tom Brady, he's gonna be like, Oh, you thought I was retiring? Well, I'm coming back and I'm gonna win three more rings. Knowing him with that chip on his shoulder that he's always had, and he's like this strong, uh, um, mental guy, he's gonna be like, No, I'm not going anywhere just because you spread that uh, thing around the Twitter and stuff. I'm coming back and I'm winning one more ring. And why would you do that? Why? Oh, man, last night i was just saying that last night i'm like just because that four-letter mickey mouse network tried to break <laughs> this story before it was even true tom's gonna come back and be like mike fuji all of you i'm coming back and i'm winning one more ring i was i was just gonna literally bring that up about the fact that if if tom brady does actually come on and say next week after the super bowl he, that he is going to retire the four-letter network can come back and spit it and say hey see that we weren't wrong he did retire now on the other hand TV can turn around and say, fuck you guys. You guys want to put that rumor out there? I am coming back for another year just to win another ring. Screw you guys. Well, well, Brady's talked about playing on 45, and then it's been 50, and it's just, you know, the guy's just, you know, still playing at a high level, and, you know, he's going to – I say he comes back. I mean, I can't see him wanting to go out the way he did last week.
He's not. That's the whole entire thing. He's going to come back. There's no way. You don't go out on a loss, and then you're going to turn around just out of nowhere and say, you know what? Nah, you know, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, if he was going to say, he could have said in Gasparilla yesterday, even though I was freezing with the pirate invasion down there in Tampa, which is a lot of fun, by the way. If if anyone gets the opportunity to come down here in February, Gasparilla is a ton of fun. That's an adult theme that you guys go out there you can dress as a pirate you can act like an idiot you can do whatever you want to and it's so much fun and it happened yesterday yesterday was high winds and everything else down here in tampa but uh from expectedly it was a pretty good crowd but as far as when it comes down to tom brady that man will come back for at least one more year to try and do it all over again and he's got to have the tom brady farewell season tour all the good fun stuff just like any other nfl player so i don't expect for him to retire because that means he retires grok retires Go ahead, Pooch, because I know you want to bust my chest. You know it first, Dan. You're the main, you're the main pipeline right down there in Tampa, right in the Bucks backyard. Hey, Fuji. You know you're out there, Tampa TV, TV twelve. TV. <laughs> hey, hey, Fuji. Hey, Fuji. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that if anybody would, would be able to break that story, it would be Angel, not Schefter, or not Rappaport. I mean, Schefter, Ian Rappaport, the four letter Mickey Mouse. Yeah, crap. That's the Angel. <laughs> Angel from Broad Street South to break it, not not ESPN, not NFL well, Network. The Angel. He he has he's in the backyard there, so I mean, <laughs> you, got the, you got that you got the hotline of Broad Street South with the bath phone there, so get the phone. He, he has Tom, if Tom Brady leaves. If Tom Brady leaves and then Gronk leaves, then who's going to be the big cheese in that division? That's a problem. That's it, a good it, question. New Orleans. Really? Yeah, you would have to have New Orleans at that point. Yeah, because it, right now, I mean, the backup quarterback that they have right now is is it's Blaine a toy Gabbert. Division. Yeah, it's got Blaine Gabbert, and Blaine Gabbert's not going to be the end all, the be all when it comes to Tampa Bay. So you would have to find either a veteran quarterback, or you have to you're going to have to draft somebody else. They have their third string quarterback that they were like to mold into Tom Brady. And the problem is that he, you know, you know that the kid is scared for the most part, and and sure because it's a lot of shoes to fill when it comes out there in Tampa Bay, and they know for this. And, and by the way. Just let everybody know here. If if it comes How down do to TV twelve, it, <laughs> right. got a lot of information for that. Got a lot of information right there. Man, I wish it was in the studio so that I had my my NFL news uh, soundbite that we always play right behind us, man. <laughs> we, we already know the guys a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and they all he, he gets all this all these inside sources from the box. So I don't know. Did the man flip down there? I don't know. No, he hasn't flipped. It's funny because every time he's on Steel City Renegades, we're, we're, we're always sitting there and he's just like, oh, I heard this about Tom Brady. I heard that about Tom Brady. He's our Tom Brady source, even though he's supposed to be our Eagle source. Are you like one of those ghost reporters for Tom Brady? No, not at all. It's just, sure? Yeah, it's just learning yeah, information. That you're not no. What did no. he have for dinner last night? I have no idea, <laughs> but we probably will be going to dinner by the end of the week. So I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. He's not far from you, is he? Uh, not that far. Yeah, not that far away. Probably the stones throw away from you. Uh, just about. Well, his his stone it's much bigger than my stone compared to where I live to where uh, he lives. Yeah, that's a million dollar stone. That's, that's a big that's, stone to throw. That's a personal issue. Or in Tom Brady's oh. case, a Lombardi Trophy throw away. Exactly. That is true too. But uh, hey, listen, and, and again, you just you're not gonna see it in Tampa, just you're not gonna see it. And for the fan base down here, because when obviously uh James Winston was trying to turn his team around, 
and you still had the opposing fan base. Obviously, if you're a visitor, you came down here to Raymond James Stadium. It was 80% visitors, 20% Tampa Bay Buck fans. Now, Tom decides to retire. It will go back to the way it was before. 20% Bucks fans, 80% visitor fans, because it's just the way it works down here in Tampa. Unfortunately, down in Florida, the college world down here gets bigger domination than anything else, whether it's the NFL, whether it's MLB, you name it, because Miami, Lord knows, the Miami Marlins is not turning heads whatsoever. If anything, it's always a dumpster fire down here in Miami continues to be. And the Tampa Bay Rays are still trying to figure out what they're going to do, whether they're going to get a brand new stadium, whether they're going to share a stadium, because it was already nixed that MLB said, by the way, you're not becoming the X-Rays. You're not going to Montreal and staying in Tampa Bay. So that's been a done deal. So now they're hoping to move over to Ybor City, to do kind of an outdoor venue and an indoor venue. So there's a lot going on down here in Miami or in Tampa. Now, will I call it Tampa Bay anymore? Probably not because the only ones that are going to be defending anything right now at this point is Tampa Bay Lightning. So you got the lay, you got the lay of the land, the layout of the land down there in the Tampa sports scene. Yeah, well, listen, someone's got to do it because Lord knows the local news media down here barely reports anything whatsoever, and they're here, including the network that's supposed to be the ones for the bucks so that goes to show you how many people don't do their homework as far as down here hey guys i hate to jump in here but i do have to get going i do appreciate you guys so much for having me i just want to jump Thanks, one thing, though, real fast on uh, this tom brady thing what better person to replace tom brady in tampa bay than the one guy that he was afraid about in new england jimmy garoppolo, garoppolo. yeah wow. that's true what a replacement come on now hey guys <laughs> thank you so much for having me i do appreciate thank it. you appreciate hey, you Joe, coming thanks on. for coming thank on you. Yeah, I have to leave also. Uh, I have, I'm going to my parents, so kind of nervous right now. We have to prepare everything. Um, brave and really pleased to be here. No, no problem, boyo. Muchas gracias. Como siempre, muchas gracias, muchacho. <laughs> Nombre de nada, Ángel. Un saludo a todos. Um, <clears throat> great show. Thank you for having me. And go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> All right. And then there were the San Fran. See, now, see how everyone exit out here? Guess who's left? San Fran. So that's what, right. So who tells you you're going to win today? I, totally. I mean, I'm still here. The 49ers are still here. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean the Steelers are still here, but we got bumped out in the wild card round. So yeah. San, <laughs> San Fran, Tampa, and Pittsburgh. That, that, and Cleveland. the Eagles. I, I yeah. forgot myself. According to Sean here, says Miami attempted to acquire the 2020 number one overall selection from the Bengals and was willing to give up all three of its first round picks that year and more. Sosa's told the Henry uh, Rappaport of the NFL Network, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross was among those pushing hardest for the trade, but Cincinnati reportedly had no interest and quickly shut down talks, according to Rappaport. And of course, now we see the difference for Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow ended up being the talk of the town and now has got them a game away from getting to the Super Bowl. So, uh, good job there by Sean. Sean, great friend of the show here. And, and we like to go back and forth a whole lot as well on uh, on Facebook. But thank you, Sean, for, for that little info. But hey, listen, I, again, we know these matchups are going to be quite incredible coming up here today. I would expect, yeah, almost the same of, of last week. That divisional round, if it showed us the divisional round last week, what we saw and what we're planning on seeing today on Championship Sunday if it had come to, and, and it's a shame that Joe didn't get an opportunity, but I'm pretty sure he ended up picking the Rams here for as far as for the win. I like to go around here before we end up ending the show and talking about our sponsors. 
Starting with Diego. Diego, yeah. I would love to know, not only just obviously for the San Fran game, but who you believe will end up winning on the AFC side than the NFC side. I always get mad with Pollo because he's always so humble with the Chiefs. It's just like, oh, we're struggling. No, you're not. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a beast. He, he I mean, that team is, uh, you can't, win against that team if they're healthy and they don't make a mistake obviously that's kind of uh, obvious but uh i do believe that the kansas city chiefs are invincible i don't i don't think there's any way any team can come up against kansas city chiefs so uh, if they go to the super bowl which is a huge possibility and uh, i think that they they're gonna win it i don't i don't see when i was watching the buffalo kansas city chiefs game as i said this is it whoever wins this game is going to be champion this is too too much. This the, the level that these two games are playing is just out of this world. And on the other side, I was seeing the NFC, which is obviously very um, uh, evenly matched. But I didn't see that level of 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 um. I don't know how to say it. Everything just 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 um, glues in when the Kansas City Chiefs. They're down by thirteen point uh, thirteen. I mean by uh, three points with thirteen seconds left, and. I mean, you saw what happened in Dallas. They couldn't they, they couldn't do anything in 13 seconds. I mean, Dak Prescott went crazy in those 13 seconds. And now you have 13 seconds from Buffalo Bills all over TikTok and Twitter. We're throwing food out the window, celebrating. Even Josh Allen said something to Gabriel like, yeah, you just got us to the, to, to the championship. And in 13 seconds, Kansas City Chiefs again shut everybody up and said, we are here and we're not going anywhere. After yeah. that, I don't see any chance that these guys are not going to the Super Bowl and winning. I believe that Kansas City is going to win today, and I do believe that I don't care if it's the Niners or the Rams. I don't think anyone can step up to the Chiefs. I don't. I don't think so either. I could be wrong, but I, it, 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 we would like to see. I would like to see Cincinnati just because it, it would be a, a different pace. Yeah. If you're a fan, a different pace as far as seeing someone different in there that we've seen in in many years at this point, but. Cincinnati would have a long road to get to as far as be KC in KC. Unless, again, you have a matchup like last week, because you're absolutely right. 13 seconds. I would have never, maybe, again, Fuji's best friend, Tom Brady, I could probably see it coming back in 13 seconds. But as far as when it comes down to Cincinnati I, I or KC, I, wouldn't, I didn't even expect for that to happen. So that was a crazy matchup, but that would be absolutely fantastic to see. But now... Getting down between the Rams and the 49ers. Again, we know who's who's daddy. And for yep. San Fran to be able to shut it down in L.A. today and then to go back. So not only would, and let's again, hypothetically, let's say they beat them today. Then they get to show them that they're going to be representing the L.A. team out there in L.A. from San Fran and possibly taking it all. So I'd like to get your take as far as when you get the Rams and San Francisco. Yeah, I know. And let's not forget, I mean, sometimes stats are not that, uh, I mean, they're great and they're like fun facts, but the last 18 Super Bowls had Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger or uh, Peyton Manning or the 49ers. Last yeah. 18 Super Bowls had one of those things. So, and now none of them are left, only the 49ers. So maybe we keep keep that streak going with going to the Super Bowl. And I do believe uh, the 49ers can win it all. If they win this game, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. But uh, if they win this game, if they go against the Cincinnati Bengals, I think that uh, the Chiefs are like kryptonite for, for the 49ers. I mean, they're scared a little bit. And uh, I don't see the Niners winning the whole thing unless he, he they meet uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals on the, on the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I think so. so I, I would, again, it, it should be a great game coming up here within about an hour and, well, less than that, about 45 minutes or so. So I want to make sure everybody gets home and does what they have to do to make sure to get prepared. So your final score, Diego, when it comes between the Rams and the 49ers. The 49ers are going to win it 27-21. All right. Interesting enough. And for Lee, I w- get, again, both scores from the AFC side and the NFC side. Who do you believe, first of all, in the AFC, who ends up winning that one? You know, I mean, you, it's hard to disagree with Diego. I mean, he's even got my uh, wife's uh, maiden name as his last name, even though it's spelled <laughs> differently. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, every everybody is saying Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. And as much as I would love to see red and gold versus red and gold again in the Super Bowl, so I could just say I want the red and gold team to win, um, I mean, you have to kind of just – Look at everything that the, the Bengals have been able to do this year and just I have to steal a phrase from Chipper, and I'm sorry, buddy, but, you know, this season has been a parody to everything that we have seen in years past from the NFL. I mean, teams were winning that nobody expected to win, Steelers included in that. that nobody expected the Steelers to make the playoffs, and the Steelers made the playoffs. And we, and we had a decent – record i wouldn't say it was great although we shouldn't have exactly and i mean you, you, i said it too i mean our team sucks <laughs> but um i mean i would love to see cincinnati win it i'm gonna have to go with kind of like what drew was saying 38 31 it's gonna be a real close game i'm gonna pick the chiefs over the Bengals, but if the Bengals win you know congratulations we get to see a new team in the super bowl uh, you know, with the 49ers and the, the Rams game, you know, I have to go with the 49ers on this one. History it has proven that the 49ers own the, the Rams, like like Diego has said. You know, so, I mean, I think that was going to be a close game, too. I, I think the score is going to be a little bit less. I'm going to say maybe 32-27, 32-26, somewhere around there. All right. Chipper? I've got the... Chiefs and Bengals probably is like a shootout, like uh, the Chiefs and Bills was. Uh, both both quarterbacks are going to throw the ball a lot. It's just a matter of which quarterback do you stop. And the only way that I see the Bengals winning this game is if uh, Burrow gets sacked less than five times. <laughs> um, yeah, I see that at this point, I see the Chiefs winning it. I'm going to go 37 28, something like that. Um, but again, I'm not going to be surprised if the Bengals do win. I mean, the Bengals have been on a on a ride ever since they got into the playoffs. So, you know, that's not going to surprise me if they do win. And thank God Dave left so that we don't have to hear him keep saying, I called it, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> on the NFC side, I'm thinking a lower scoring game because of the defenses. Um, but I'm going to take the Rams because I think Matt Stafford has a lot to prove. He wants to get that that huge monkey off his back and prove that he can win the big game after being traded from Detroit to the Rams, because that's why he was brought to L.A., is to win the big game and then get himself that championship. Um, so how about 27-24 Rams? All right. Pooch? Well, I don't like the Cincinnati offensive line. I mean, they got some probably one of the better receiving quarters in the league right now, but Kansas City's been there. They got the experience. They're home. Big Red, I'm not going to go against him. I'm going Chiefs 33-30 against the Bengals. 
Now, as far as the Rams and the Niners, I'd like to see the Rams, but I, you know, the Niners have been the hot team, the hottest team in the NFL. You know, I predicted them to beat Dallas. You know, I said they had a great shot going into Green Bay last week. Um, I want to go, I think it's going to be a close game, but I would say 49ers 27, Rams 23. All right. For me, I, when it comes down to the NFC side, I'll start off there. I think Sam Fran, uh, Sean McVay, great coach. I just don't believe because Odell Beckham, as much as he wants to be the super diva, if the throws don't go the way they're supposed to for the Rams, I think this is where Rams are going to, end up calling, are going to fall short because I think Jimmy G has, before the Super Bowl game, has an outstanding game this week out there in L.A. and SoFi Field. So for me, I think the Rams take this one 35-21 to 21, where it's a hot start for the Rams, but they come up dead in the second half. And as far as when the AFC side, as much as the Chiefs probably should be back there again, I just think Cincinnati pulls it off in the dumbest fashion ever where Casey comes back at the very end, ends up getting the botched extra point to tie up the game, and instead of going to two-point conversion – it turns out to be Cincinnati 28, KC 27. It could be obviously wow. wrong. So you're, saying, wow. you're saying Harrison Butker is going to miss an extra point? Yeah, which Harrison is rare. Wow. <laughs> which is rare. But I think just because it's one of them oddball ones that end up happening. Sean says uh, Niners 28-21 and then Cincinnati up 31-28. So thanks, Sean, for, uh, for that score. Tom, thank you for the comment. We appreciate you and Tara always watching. Uh, thank you guys along with everyone who watched in today. Also, to bring up a couple of, of our sponsors here before we end up signing off, number one is uh, Tampa Joe's here. Mike Goodwin and crew down here at 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida. Hops giving a jump right off the airplane. And by the way, speaking of <laughs> an airplane. Parachute in. Yes, exactly. Tampa Joe's. <laughs> There'll be a, a trip <laughs> coming back from our other sponsor. I'll mention here in a second, coming back to Tampa in March. As long as the MLL season can end up taking off. But if you guys want some serious food and a lot of great fun, please visit Tampa Joe's at TampaJoe's.com. Take a look at their menu at the venue we'll end up having over there. And as well, again, reach them out there at 9316 Anderson Road. It's a fun establishment. Obviously, we had a great time down there two weeks ago. We'd hope that you know we'd have more fun, but we will as the season will start back up before we know it all over again. And with that being said, the trip that I'm talking about, and Fuji, you should know this would be possibly in March, a baseball trip down here to Clearwater for everyone to see our beloved Phillies in, or, or in March, Friday, March 11th, out there with phillysportstrips.com. If you guys can visit phillysportstrips.com, mm -hmm. take a look at the upcoming trips. Like I said, that one is scheduled for March 11th. Also, the NFL draft coming up on April 27th on a Wednesday. They, too, can provide that trip out there for you. So if you guys reach out to Vince Rizzuto out there at phillysportstrips.com and watch all the upcoming trips. Also, they have a golf one that's coming out. I believe it's also later on this year. The Scotland golf trip, July 13th. So that'll be in the middle of the summer. If you guys want, if you're a golf pro, a golf fanatic, check out that package as well. That's the first time they're ever going out there to Scotland. So that trip should be a lot of fun as well. So again, visit phillysportstrips.com. 
Also, a quick mention to Fanatics. If you guys need to get your fan gear, and I'm pretty sure they'll be having their AFC, NFC championship gear tonight, mm. Fanatics.com, where officially licensed everything. Fuji? 65% just for today because I got an email just a little while ago. So everybody go stock up on your favorite team and get that nice. 65% off discount today. See you yes, soon. And then if you also need to send that parting gift, maybe, uh, I don't know, Diego can send it over to uh, possibly to Pollo if it has to be a loss. But if you guys go to jcnewman.com, another mention here to jcnewman.com, you guys can pick up great Monte Cristos. You can pick nice. up some fine cigars. You can pick up some beautiful T-shirts that I wore this past week on our show, uh, Cigar City, the oldest cigar factory in the United States. And if you guys travel down to Tampa and Ybor city, you must go to jcnewman.com book your travel trip. You know, and matter of fact, book it with Philly sports trips. So in March, when you guys come down, you can go right over. It's just, I mean, 10 minutes away from where the airport is go down there. It's a beautiful campus out there in Ybor city. Those guys, I mean, it's absolutely pristine. You can eat off their floors. That's how crazy ridiculous beautiful the establishment is so visit jcnewman.com so you guys can get those celebratory cigars and to finish up with our great friend larry gilman which is studios named after here at the lg direct sales solution studios you guys can visit larry at lgdirect.net if you need payment solutions if you need apparel you guys need credit card terminals please visit lgdirect.net for all your payment solution needs. And with that being said, I can't thank uh, my producer enough out there in Studio B, Debbie, for DJ Montage behind the glass there, taking care of business. For our great friends over from Steel City Renegades, Lee, Mike Fuji Money, and Chipper Nenendal. We thank you guys for coming on, along with Diego. Y Diego, uh, as I said to Pollo, Señor, muchas gracias. gracias. Con nosotros otra vez. Y si ganan San Francisco, okay? Aquí vamos a estar otra vez en dos semanas. Aquí estaremos con mucho gusto. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you, guys. No well, problem. Thank sir. you for coming on, Diego. Thanks. Yeah. What he said. Thanks, Chipper. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Pleasure as always. Not a problem. As I told Diego, I said uh, he's a rock star and a superstar, and that uh, we'll see him here come next week in uh, two weeks when, when Sam Brandon will win it all. So, let's everyone else, we hope you all enjoy the game today. Let me take away this banner here real quick. But uh, we hope that everyone enjoys the game today. Let's see who comes out winning, obviously, on the opposite side. We'll talk about it on Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. So we'll discuss both games coming up then at 8 p.m. on Tuesday and then back again in two weeks for Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll see you guys this week, Tuesday and Thursday of this week. Until then, enjoy the game. Everyone be safe and make sure you take care of one another. We'll see you come next week. Yep.